Welcome to Critical Apocalypse episode 225. That's right, it's the first episode of 2024 and we're here to bring the fucking thunder. And you ready to bring the thunder? What? Jordan, you said you were going to belch into the microphone again. Oh. Well done. I'll use it on command if anyone needs it. I can... It sounded like you were going to vomit a little bit, to be fair. Um, but I like the idea of you vomiting on the on the audio on the audio forum that we use. To yeah, I'm sure people will enjoy that. Is that your Transformer that I bought you? It's a little Optimus Prime. It's a little Optimus Prime. It actually transforms as well, which is what I was worried about. I, I didn't know if it was going to transform or not, because I don't want something that's going to, you know, frustrate you. I know, it's really difficult. It took me hours to figure this one out. I uh, I gave my nephew that that truck with the hook. Yeah. Um, Has he lost all the parts to it already? No, no, but um, it was quite funny watching everyone try to transform it. And I just sat back. I was like, I'm, I'm six, pretty or, easy. six or seven whiskeys deep. I don't care. It's pretty easy. If they chuck it here, I'll sort it out. I've got a drop off Transformers for you to transform. Anyway, so this is episode episode one of 2024, but it's technically episode 225 that we've been doing this podcast. It's time for suicide. Aren't you ready for a ritual suicide? More on that later. Hold your mer- hold your breath. All right. So well, that's uh, going to cause it to happen. Isn't this it? is the <gasps> end of year. This is the end of year episode. So we're going to review our top <coughs> TV, video game, and Muvar. Muvar this year. Yeah, I haven't thought about what I'm going to pick. Well, that's all right. Don't worry about it. I'm going to do some honourable mentions as I always do. And this year, I'm going to add a special new category. And oh no, I'm going to do musical of the year, musical or theatre reduction. Fucking. Yeah, that's right. You're making this podcast woke. <laughs> Did you see the woke fireworks, Anne? They had rainbows! What? And they spoke about people coming together to enjoy fireworks. Oh, not the Bukaki coming together to enjoy woke. the Bukaki party. Who's well, going first this week? I don't, I don't know. So what we're going to do is we're going to start this episode with a review first, and then we go into our top things of the year. So we always do one little quickie review. Do we? And then we do the, the top things of the year. So let's have a look here. So Star Trek Lower Deck Season 4 was the first review last week, or three weeks ago, at 5 yeah, minutes 27 yeah, seconds. Yeah. And that was one, Mr. Tony, over here. Does anyone ever call you Tony? That's a horrible nickname, isn't it? Yeah. Well, I guess your name's not Tonifan, so why would Tony be your nickname? <laughs> ah! I'm amazing! That was brilliant! Anyway... My first review, and we're not going to do news because there's not been any news, as there aren't. What's been news? Uh, the 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 Queen of Denmark. Denmark. Yeah, abdicated. Her abdicated. Throne. That's incredibly. Abdicated important. her throne to who? Um, another rich person in her family, yeah, probably. Yeah, I don't Fantastic. fucking know. So you just you read the headline and that because was all I you didn't give a shit. No, mate. I went to at Denmark, least at least you? classy. Yeah. Abdicated, unlike yeah. you know Queenie. Oh, cretin of a queen that we had. I watched she married the, her cousin. You've got to, you got I watched the scene from the crowd where she, crown where she dies. Yeah. And it's like she's imagining herself walking through um the, the fiery fucking gates ab- of hell. <laughs> the Abbey and looking at a crown and then like Claire Foy and yeah. Olivia Coleman appear and yeah. stuff. Like. Who were they in the crown? They were the Queen as well. At younger ages. Oh right, I see. They brought Olivia Coleman back, eh? Yeah, and then they team up to take on Thanos. I was going to say, I was going to Secret Invasion's own Olivia Colman. Yeah. Everyone loved that show. Oh, it's so bad. That's probably going to be your show of the year, isn't it? Yeah, favourite show of the year. <laughs> favourite show of the year. Um, I remember so much about it. I'm trying to remember if there has been any news. I mean, oh, um, old um, Jim Broadbent died. 
Did he? Yeah. Did he? Was it Jim Broadbent that died? Tom Wilkinson died. Tom Wilkinson died. <laughs> Did Jim Broadbent know? <laughs> no, he died. <laughs> you heard it here first. If he's dead, if he drops dead <laughs> at 10 o'clock on a Sunday, on a Monday, <laughs> you Google it, is it going to be like news? Jim Broadbent's dead. No, he's still alive. Oh, okay. Right. Tom Wilkinson died. Yeah, okay. Okay. Um, who, you know, he's been in a lot of stuff. Um, I'm surprised he was never in a Harry Potter. Wasn't he Slughorn? No. That was Jim Broadbent, I think. Oh, Tom, I was thinking about Jim Broadbent, yeah. I thought we were still talking about Jim Wilkinson. The older white guys are interchangeable. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, no, Tom Wilkinson died. And he was obviously... he. And you're I, upset that he wasn't in a Harry Potter. No, 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 no. I was just surprised. He wasn't in a Harry Potter. He wasn't in any sort of like real mainstream, um, big budget stuff. He was mostly in like smaller stuff, even even towards the end when he was like... He's fairly prolific throughout stuff. Michael Clayton was the big one, I think, that he was in. And obviously, The Full Monty. Which is like a classic. He's in the Full Monty TV series. Was he? Yeah, I didn't know there was a TV series. Yeah, they did a redo, like, not long ago. Um, and you don't need to fart. Um, who else has died recently? A bunch of people have died, and it's really sad. It's what are you talking about people, people died. dying? Um, still nary a name off of Epstein's kill list, so we haven't got that yet. So that's a bit sad as well. Uh, what else is there, around? What else has been going on? I don't know, man. Has anyone sold a company to another company? Any companies folded? No, given up? Give a shot. Oh, Versus Evil got shut down. Shuttered. What? Versus Evil. Who? The studio. They Who? made video games. Did they? Yeah. Made like Pillars of Eternity and stuff. What? Yeah. I thought it was someone else. Larian Studios, you're thinking, isn't it? I thought it was the guys who do... Baldur's Gate. No. P- um, no, Pillars of Eternity. That was... Wasn't that the guys who did Alpha Protocol and... No. Night's Old Public 2 and friggin' Fallout New Vegas. Obsidian. No, Obsidian. Obsidian. They're a different company, mate. Oh, no. Let's just, let's just quickly Google Boring this. Boring-ass RPGs for nerds. Oh, Tom Wilkinson was in an episode of Lovejoy. There you go. Fucking bit of Ian McShane there. And he was in an episode of Inspector Morse. Do you know who the star of Inspector Morse is? Who? The Jaguar. It was his Jaguar. was the star. Of Inspector Vos. So versus Evil, they made First Class Trouble, Wintermore, Stray Souls, Evil, The Hand of Merlin, Sock Venture, Hollow Drive, Yaga, Card Apocalypse, Mother Gunship. That was a that was a big one. You remember Mother Gunship? Tower of Guns. That was another big one. Do you remember Tower of Guns? Anyway, they're gone now. Um, Alright, well, I'm going to do my first review this week. Oh, another thing that died, the DCEU. It's officially the last movie of the DCEU has been released. The What it was before. You know, the super successful DCEU that made such blockbuster hits as Batman vs. Superman, <coughs> The Justice League, The Flash, Zack Snyder's Aquaman, Justice League, Aquaman, and, yeah, and also Batman Justice League. Superman, Director's yeah. Cut. Yeah. <coughs> Was it called that? I can't remember what it was called. Did you watch Rebel Moon in the end? No. It was so bad. 
It's the biggest pile of shit I've ever seen. But that's not my first review, Anne. It's another big steaming pile of shit that I saw. It's Aquaman 2. Oh. Aquaman 2, The Lost Kingdom? Yeah. Of Atlantis? You're a DC hater, are you? No, and I didn't like the first Aquaman. We reviewed it. You thought it was fun. I thought it was a big pile of wank. And so I went to go see Aquaman 2, hoping it wasn't a big pile of wank. And you know what? Mm-hmm. And can you guess what it was? Surprisingly, yeah. it was another big pile of wanky shit. Does um, Patrick Wilson sing a really shit cover of Stay? <clears throat> Patrick Wilson's actually quite good in it. And that's one of the things that... Well, then it wasn't all bad then. So, so stop. Here's, here's the thing. Review things on balance. Aquaman yeah. 2 would be a really good Aquaman film if Aquaman wasn't in it. What, my man? My man! If... Woohoo! The fa- the thing is, it's really irritating about Jason Moses. It's quite clearly the perfect casting for Lobo. Mm. Like there is no one in the world who could play Lobo yeah. as perfectly as Jason Momoa was. And Zack Snyder was like, you know what, Aquaman, fucking Aquaman. Patrick Wilson would have been a good Aquaman. So that's <laughs> kind of the thing here. I feel like they're trying to do some course correct because at the end of this film, hmm. spoilers for anyone who's going to see Aquaman Two: The Lost King. I haven't seen anyone talk about anything specific nope. that happens. No. Nope, no one gives a shit about this movie. So, at the end of the movie, Aquaman says to Patrick Wilson, after saving the world with his wife, Mira, John, John Reese Jones, or John Reese, what's the guy who was in, in Griff Reese Jones? Griff, no, not Griff Reese Jones. Who was the guy who was in Lord of the Rings who played Gimli? John, John Reese Davis. Davis. Yeah. Is he in it? He's in it as a giant crab man. Oh, sweet. With a bumblebee-style helmet that he can, can bring down. Um, there's mm. a moment at the end of this film where... That sounds like um, fucking... Who's the... Um, bumblebee? No, who's the guy who played who played the Birdman in Flash Gordon? That's like that sort of style casting. Oh, that was the racist guy. Is he racist? Yeah, the famously very racist man. I mean, he's... Uh, he's from a different time yeah he's uh, it's okay he's a man out of time yeah Flash. him uh... Flash Gordon's alive we just says Gordon's alive actually Gordon's it's, alive uh, it's um it's not correct that he says Flash Gordon's alive that people think he says but it's just Flash Gordon's alive ah, saved everyone alive um so yeah so the plot of Aquaman hmm is that Black Manta's still alive. After Aquaman left his dad to die in a nuclear submarine that Black Manta was trying to rob with his dadums, and Black Manta attempting to kill Aquaman at the end of Aquaman 1 with the help of Ocean Master, played by Patrick Wilson, mm. Black Manta's back with the help of Randall Park's scientist who's obsessed with collecting and using Atlantean technology. All right, he's back, mm. and he's helping... Um, Black Manta find a new substance. At can you guess what the name of this new substance is? Water oracalcum. Oracalcum. They say that word six hundred times in this mil- yeah. movie. The oracalcum powers machines. Oracalcum, oracalcum powers machines. Yeah. that release literal green gases, mm. which are heating up the oceans and the surface of the world and causing. Horrendous weather, oh. but they're also destroying the ocean. They got and we're geo. told it's, 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 it's doing a geostorm. We're told in the six month where it says six months later at the beginning mm. after he finds a magical trident that makes his eyes go green and lets him have superpowers. 
but also shows him demons. Oh, see, that's, um, yeah. after, after Black Manta's gone through all that, we find out that, that Willem Dafoe died off screen. Oh. <laughs> He's not in this one. Um, died of poisoning because of the orichalcum well, being he, used he's in He's not in it at all. Nope. No. So how do I expect anyone to remember who William Defoe played in the first one? Because <laughs> I don't. He was in the Justice League. I know he was. He was in the ten-hour version of the Justice League. Was he? Yeah. Huh. He goes in the bubble. You remember Mirror? I remember Mirror. The bubble. Doing that. So Mirror's. I remember in that this scene one. just being some people hanging around and then Mirror's in this one. At yeah. So basically, um, I think I that they were planning to kill her in this. Yeah. Because in this movie, multiple times, Jason Momoa's Aquaman goes, Hey, Dad, how did you do being a single father? Being a single father is tough. Why am I a single daddy? And then we find out that Mira's still alive. She's not dead. It just seems like they forgot to take out those bits of dialogue or edit the film coherently. And so now Aquaman constantly refers to himself as being single or a single father. But there are scenes in the film with Mira, who is still his partner and his queen. Oh. Which is strange. They had a baby off camera. They had a baby in between the movies. Oh. Um, Did they sacrifice Willem Dafoe to... To have the baby? Yeah. Yeah. Willem Dafoe and baby budgets, they're actually the same figure. Yeah. And then we've got to get baby. Um... So we get a little bit of Aquaman just being a, being a dad about town, and he's like, okay, and he's he's teaching his kids some stuff, and his kids are like in the crib or in the little high chair, and he's looking at some fish in a tank, and Aquaman's like, oh, Dad, look, he can talk to fish. You know how he can? We know he can talk to fish. Mm. Guess what happens now when Aquaman uses his fish powers? The rings, yeah, the translucent rings, come out his forehead at fish, oh. and his kids doing it. Oh. They were so the lazy. Why show or come up with a visually interesting way of showing the kid you can talk to fish when you just assume your audience are completely fucking stupid morons and you could just show the, the special that's, psychic that's, rings? That's how Aquaman talking to fish looks. Not in the original. In all Aquaman stuff, it always looks like no, that. Not in the original. In the original, he just talks to fish. They just have human voices. Fucks fish. He fucks fish as well. Um, do you remember Julie Andrews was in the first one? Yeah, she played a crab. <laughs> she did play a crab. Well a remembered. Crab. Yeah. She's a crabby McGee. That's one of her most famous roles. <laughs> What's the name? What's the name of the, the Nazi kids in The Sound of Music? What's the name of the family? The, the Nazi crab kids. family. They're not Nazi kids. I mean, they might as well be. The Swiss. Yeah, they might as well be Nazis. They were the um, Von Trapp family. Oh, it was Von Trapp. I thought it was Von Trapp. We've got Crab. a steelbook edition at work. Do you want me to grab it for you? How I much know, is it? It's probably expensive. Oh, no, then. But everyone's after a steelbook of the sound, <laughs> the of, sound music. of music. What was that YA? Do you remember not long ago there was a Nazi YA movie? There was an adaptation of a Nazi YA novel really? where like a Jewish girl falls in love with a Nazi. Oh, for God's sake. <laughs> I can't remember what it's Anyway, just besides the point, back to Aquaman. Ben Shapiro's so, production. Yeah, probably. It? What's so, that one he did recently? Snow White. No, there wasn't there a horror movie recently they did. It was like a load of shite. Really? I swear, I can't remember. They did a horror movie? I can't, maybe not. I can't remember. There was something they did recently. No, it was the comedy film, wasn't it? Lady Ballers? Oh, God. Was that his? Maybe. Yeah. What was that about? Um, oh, is it Guys the... pretending to be girls to play basketball or something? Oh, right. So it's a transphobic right. movie. I think so. Did J.K. Rowling produce it? I've been saying for a while, right, you could do a sequel to The Ringer where some guy's like, 
I'm going to pretend to be a woman to be great at sports and win all the championships. <laughs> but that but, film was made in 2006. It's no, called Sorority Girls. No, is right. He starts finding out there's all these rules and regulations about what a trans person would have to do to compete. Oh, so it's like injecting and he has to keep hormones and stuff. He has to go through all the surgeries. Yeah. <laughs> he has to do everything. And then when he finally gets to compete in the event, he's aged out. He fucking loses no, every single time. He's aged out. He's aged out of it. It's been 10 years of him being on a waiting list. <laughs> yeah. um, Still playing with Johnny Knoxville. <laughs> Sorry, back to Aquaman. So, in Aquaman 2, um, Mira is like, hey, look, someone's attacking the sea. It turns out it's Black Manta. We're using the Oracalchemy. He's brought these ancient machines to life and they have this defensive mechanism that seems to just completely disable Atlanteans. And they're using that to wreck shop and steal more Oracalcum. Now, Oracalcum, very importantly, this is a very important plot point. It cannot be destroyed. It's too dangerous. So the Atlanteans have just stored it in these, in these places where it can be, it can be hidden away to prevent it from getting out and damaging the ocean any further. So the Oracalcum is in these convenient banks where they're stealing it from. Right. Right. So Black Manta is using this to power a big flame that is causing chaos all over the world and, and basically destroying the world. He's doing this as like a literal deal with the devil in which he is doing this to the point where the person who created the Oracalcum, this ancient this ancient evil king mm. who was frozen by the king at the time, mm. can be restored, brought back to life, and then Sounds very engrossing this film. And take over take over the sea and the land. Oh. Now, Aquaman's like, we've got to stop Black Manta, but there's only one person who knows where Black Manta was. Of course, his brother, Ocean Master, Patrick Wilson. Orm. Orm. He has to save him. So he goes and he breaks his brother out of prison, in like, and his prison's in a desert, because obviously he needs water. So the only way to keep him depowered is by keeping him in a dry place. They give him just enough water to survive. And the monsters that are keeping him prisoner are previously Atlanteans who became uh, their 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 ocean dried up, mm. and they were forced to survive on blood. Mm. So they subsist on blood. Mm. So they've dried out. They're crackly zombie monsters. <laughs> He's like, "Let me out!" And they're like, and "That's it." Or like the, the Zagreb goss- breaks him out. And they have to go to an island that's a bit like Kong Skull Island because there's big bugs. All right. And at first, they're like running away from the bugs, and you're like, oh no, these bugs are scary. But then when they actually finally escape the bugs over a bridge and one of them jumps over, you see Aquaman literally pings it and it explodes. Ugh. So why were they scared of the bugs? Because bugs didn't are know gross. how strong they were. Because bugs are gross? Well, he doesn't seem to be scared of the bug as it's going towards Is there a bit where there's some bullshit like, oh, this species of bug. Um, is related to fish, and therefore Aquaman can talk to them. No, they just run away from them. Yeah. Um, there is a moment where Randall Park's I mean, Park's technically like, all life forms are related yeah. to fish. I mean, well, there's a point where Randall Park's like, hey, Black Manta, I would like to go home, please, because I don't like destroying the entire world using this Oracalcum that we've got. Mm. And Black Manta's like, oh, yeah, you can leave. You just have to go through the jungle of desperate despair and evil. Oh, and you shit. see Randall Park looks out there and the trees are going like... Bleh! And he's like, no, oh, just stay here. You know what I watched again this week? What? Oh, um, Encanto again. 
We'll see what ends up my brother. That's really good, that film. We, should... we don't talk about Bruno, though. Uh, oh, <laughs> the song that's not actually the best song in the film. I want to just say... They tried to make that a hit, but it was all about I wanna pressure. Just, friggin- I want to just say that that was an excellent joke on my behalf. Anyway, Aquaman fights Black Manta, manages to defeat him, and then the evil wishy-washy trident, the evil trident that gave Black Manta his powers, lands into the hands of Orm. Oh. And Orm's like possessed by the evil power, and he's going, oh, there's more hate in this man than even the man whose father you killed. And he goes, I didn't kill his father, his father killed himself. And my brother doesn't hate me. My brother loves me. My man! And then, like, he's like, brother. And the brother comes back. Orm comes back. He's like, oh, I've realized now the error of my ways. And he throws a spear. And the, the evil demon man grabs it. And he's like, I'm back alive. And Necroman's like, my man. And he throws a spear. He throws his trident into the evil trident. It's being held by the held by the demon guy. Hmm. But he just so happens to be holding it in front of his aunt. Heart, his heart? His aunt? Aunt? <laughs> He happens to be holding it in front of his heart, and the good trident breaks through the evil trident oh, and goes yeah. right into him and kills him. Oh, that's, um, kills who? Kills the evil guy. Oh, right. Okay. But we're told at the beginning of the movie yeah. that the evil guy is so evil and so powerful because of the Aura Calcum, yeah. they can't kill him outright because they have that trident at the beginning of the film. They have to just freeze him using magic. Maybe the trident's really good. Is the trident better now? Yeah, it's really it's okay. full of good magic. So one of the one of the one of the lines I actually like in this film. It's got film, the powers of the power of Jesus and Naruto. One right? of the lines I actually like in this film, and yeah. there's very few moments I enjoy in this film, but one of the lines I like is Mira goes, You realise that magic's not real to Black Manta. It's not it's not magic. It's just what you would call biometrics. So you just need the blood of the king. That's only because that's the process of unlocking it, like a biometric scanner. And he's like I'm going to steal your baby. <laughs> and then he tries to kill a baby. I should have killed the baby. I wish they killed the they baby. Killed the baby they, in the if comics. there was any teeth to this film, someone would die. Whenever the they person try to who make... dies is Black Manta. Every time they try to make Aquaman interesting, they like kill a baby or something. Yeah. Or he loses a hand or some shit. So anyway, yeah, Black, Black, Black Manta dies. He's got nothing on Namor, Prince of the Ocean, King of the Seven Seas. Wing the feet. indestructible Namor. Who's been cancelled because he's a racist? Or I wasn't. I was talking about the comic incel. book Namor. Not oh right, yeah. yeah. He's an incel, the real life Namor. Is he? Yeah. Uh, well, he's only he's one and done. Yeah, he's he's yeah, he get killed off. Um. So yeah. So uh, Aquaman's a bad movie, yeah. You yeah, liked yeah, the yeah. first Aquaman. That is pff, insane enough. Golf. I hated it, and this is more of the same. So you might love. You might really love this. I, I mean, I went with Liv. The first Aquaman film had Julie Andrews in it. I don't know how you can... I went with Liv. How much is Nicole Kidman in this one? Liv said after the film, she said, I feel bad. I mm. said, why do you feel bad? And she goes, because people worked on that. Like, this is someone's art. <laughs> and this is what happened. I'm going to that far. And yeah. Liv liked The Flash. I hated The Flash. Liv liked The Flash. She hated this. Mm. And I hated this. And The Why'd Flash. Why'd you go see it? Should have gone to see Blue Beetle. Well, the problem was, Aunt, that Blue, Blue Beetle, Beetle was wasn't a lot better. out last week. <laughs> Blue Beetle was a lot better. I went better. to go see Blue Beetle in the end, but... It's a lot better. Not this. That would be fun. Week. Blue Beetle was like the best Carmen Rider film America's ever made. It's, it basically uh, is a Carmen Rider film. This this isn't an Adam Sandler. It's not a Rob Schneider, because it's... I think that there's... Here's the thing. Patrick Wilson's great. I really like Patrick Wilson. And he's really good in this. Just as like... He's like... He's there just to shut fucking Jason Momoa up for five seconds. Because if Jason Momoa is given the chance to talk in this film, 
you can guarantee he's going to say some dog shit that's going to irritate you. Because they're like, Woohoo! My man! I love beer! I love greasy cheeseburgers! Ah! I just wish he was manly as Jason Momoa. He wears so much jewellery and Jason dresses Mickey like someone's Momo. nan. But that's the problem, right? So here's the thing. Jason Momoa in this is terrible. But Jason Momoa in um, Fast X is the best thing about Fast X. So, like, if he's used in the right way, he can be a really entertaining presence. But in this, it's just... Where's Finn so quickly? Tamora Morrison, he almost dies in this. Not in real life, obviously, his oh. character. But there he goes to kill Aquaman's dad. Mm. It's so weird, What are well, they doing? want to give a happy ending to the DC. I'm going to give this a David Spade. It's not the worst thing, but it's pretty fucking close. I'd say this is better than the original Aquaman because Patrick Wilson's given more to do. And that crab guy with the fucking bumblebee mask just like keeps going like, I lost my hand last time we fought. I shan't be losing it again in the end of the film. He's like, I lost my hand. Who plays the crab man? John, uh, Gimli. Gimli. Gimli from Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Yeah. You have my axe. And this is like you have my claw. Is his sword one? Yeah. Dolph Lundgren's I... in this again. Is he? Yeah. Was he Terrible. In the first one? Yes, he was the king. Was he? He was the king man. I think he's Mira's dad. I thought he died. No, I thought Mira was going to die in this. She's in it quite a bit. Yeah. She's in it quite a bit. Yeah. She's in the last battle and everything. Oh. So I guess all those people that love Johnny Depp didn't get their way. No. Look, I'm going to say this again. Two abusers. Just don't take a side. Just be like both shit people. And mm. then you're just happy for the rest of your life. Yeah. I do that every time this shit comes up. I'm like, Amber Heard and Johnny Depp are both shit people and their careers are dying. And I'm just glad that we won't have to see them in movies much longer. Oh, that locks in slightly further. Anyway, and I give Aquaman to a David Spade. The DCEU heads are all fucking idiots. Uh. They love this shit. But Shazam was crap. The Flash was crap. This is crap. Batman vs. Superman was crap. The Director's Cut was crap. Man of Steel was crap. You know, like, fucking Justice League was the biggest pile of shit ever. And there was a four-hour cut, and it still didn't make fucking sense. And then you had that David Ayer Suicide Squad shit. And then Wonder Woman was crap. I kind of like Wonder Woman 84, because it was cheesy as fuck. But now it's just like an advert for the Israeli government to genocide people. Because we forget about the scene in Egypt where she's like, oh, what did you wish for? A giant wall and everybody has no water or power over the other side. Don't they get a wish? No. Okay, never mind. Fucking crap. It's all shit. Suicide Squad was good. The new Suicide Squad's great. But that's not connected to any of the shit. That's its own little universe with Peacemaker. And um, the first Wonder Woman's good. I hated it. You've got bad taste. No, I don't. That's the problem, man. You like the Flash. It's fine. It's (laughs) nonsense. I don't know. You just take these as nonsense. Blue Beetle's great. Oh, yeah, Blue Beetle's pretty good, but that's part of the new DC. Sort of. Yeah, that's what they've said, though. They've said part of the new Well, they said he's going to be in them, but I think it's like a soft reboot situation. Isn't it funny that Shazam won? They're like, like, uh, what was his name? Zachary Shazam. Zachary Levi. Yeah, I didn't say Shazam was crap. Hmm. But Zachary Levi kind of nails being like a 12-year-old kid in an adult's body. Hmm. But as soon as the kid's aged up by three years, 
for some reason, Zachary Levi ages down by four. <laughs> and he's like, I'm just Billy. I'm Billy the boy. I'm a big idiot. This is insufferable. Anyway, your review. I thought we were doing the top thing. You have one review each. Do you? Yeah. Oh, Get Jesus. Um, what did I review last time? I don't know. I need to know. I was getting all ready for oh, like... For God's sake. Fucking all this. Uh, oh, you no. Transformers G1 Stepper, Doctor Who 60th Anniversary Specials, mm-hmm. and um, Returnal. Returnal. Yeah. Um, okay, here's something that'll take me hours to review. A Suica game. Oh, yeah, you played Suica game. Suica game. It's the hot new fun craze sweeping the nation. It's a pretty sweet-ass game, mate. It's um, pretty addictive. So it was a game that was made for like a brand of Japanese projectors. Um, it was like a built-in really? game in some Japanese projectors that got okay. popular, and then it got like a mobile phone release, and loads of companies started copying it. Mm-hmm. So they made their own version for PC and Switch and everything. Um, like They went, okay, let's just release it officially on something. All you do is you drop fruit in a jar. Two fruit that match turn into a bigger fruit. And your aim is to match bigger, increasingly larger fruits together until you make a watermelon. And then maybe, if you're really crafty, you can match a whole bunch of fruits together to make two watermelons, which will then bloop and disappear, freeing up the thing mm. for you to start over and keep building up points and stuff. Um, You know, if you pop two cherries together, of course they turn into a strawberry, just like in real life. Two strawberries turn into blueberries. Two blueberries turn into a thing that looks like an onion. I don't think it's meant to be an onion. I think it's meant to be a kiwi, maybe. Or a peach. I think it's a kiwi. I'm not sure. Hmm. Or a or a durian. I don't know. What does a durian look like? Durian's really big and spiky. No, it's not a durian. But um, yeah, your aim is to make a suica or a watermelon. Yeah. Right. Um, and yeah, it's just a fun, addictive puzzle game. You just sit and you play it for a bit, and each game takes five, ten minutes or so to play. And it's got one piece of music that's like a 30 second loop mm-hmm. that repeats over. There's no modes. There's no timer on it. There's no multiplayer. There's no like extra stuff. The only extra thing they've added to it is for Christmas, you could press the button on the main menu and give you a Christmas theme. And that made it play, um, not Jingle Bell. It played another Christmas carol, one of them songs. You know the songs. Um, it played Christmas is Awesome by Ruben. <laughs> um, <laughs> It's just amazing that it just changes. It goes, all the um, fruit to vegetables that you get on Christmas dinner. Perfect. Get a sprout. Perfect. Um, it changes the watermelon to have like Christmas decorations on it. That's it. I've, I've, I've managed to get like a handful of watermelons. I've never managed to match two of them together. It's too difficult. But um, it's just an addictive puzzle game. Just yeah. to cut. It's like a few, about two pounds something on the Switch store. What's your rough a million, score? Like two thousand eight hundred and something. People say 3,000 is like the threshold for when you're doing pretty good. Yeah. So I'm not doing good. No, not yet. Um, But I'll see how it goes. I'm sure they'll ruin it over the years. I'm sure they'll do stuff like add skins to the friggin' fruit or something. Let you change the fruit into angry birds or some shit. I don't know. Um, Put the suica watermelon in Fortnite. That's going to happen, is it? I don't know. Stuff like that. But it's a simple, fun little puzzle game that I think people should... um, should play if you know you're the sort of person who is you know got no shame you know you can just like sit there and play something incredibly simple for hours and hours on end i think this is coming back now i think we're coming back to like games that are like incredibly stupid 
like games that have don't have tons of depth. They don't have a million modes. They don't have all this stuff. They're just simple. Like is last year, it was yeah. But it's it's like every game company is pushing for more and more of everything. But then you get stuff like this and Vampire Survivors. Hmm. I mean, Vampire Survivors has a lot of stuff going. It's got layers and layers on stuff. But essentially, the game is you walk around and just avoid some attacks. And that's like essentially the game. It's about as simple as it gets. Yeah, that's true. Um, I didn't realise that ran so badly on Switch. What? Vampire Survivors. Oh, it runs fine on Switch. I played on Switch. I was watching My Life in Gaming doing their video, and they showed some footage of it while they were handheld, mm. where all sorts of stuff's going crazy, and it was literally freezing. No. So, <laughs> I've never had that problem. Yeah, I don't know, man. Maybe you're not good enough at it. Maybe I'm not good enough yeah. at it. But um, Suica Game, it's, it's just addictive, silly fun. Um, you know, one of those games that I think was worth a play. Have you seen that one where you have to get the Give the Man a Toilet Roll, that game? No. There's a game where you have to get a piece of the tray or something, mm. like something flat, and you put the Switch remote inside a toilet roll, and you roll the toilet roll left and right to control a toilet roll on the screen. That's rolling through a maze, and there'll be like buzz saws and stuff you have to avoid. That sounds kind of amazing. And lasers, and you have to get it down the bottom of the maze to give the man sitting on the toilet his bog roll. Hmm. Um, genius game, genius game. That, that people should give that a try. More really simple, stupid games. I think the industry's starting to understand as well that you don't need to spend increasingly ridiculous amounts of money to make a game every year. Do they understand that? Because, like, you see the new Assassin's Creed game that came out? I saw people criticising it, saying it's too short and there's not as much stuff to do in it, and I'm like, yes! Isn't it VR? Fucking, no, Mirage. Yeah, I think that's VR, mate. No, it's not. Assassin's Creed Mirage isn't a VR game. Is it not? No, it's um set in, like, um, Ezio. like an Arabic sort of kind oh. of... Um, I think it's Saudi Arabia, might be. Or something like that. Um, Agrabah. Um... But yeah, it's it's just apparently a twenty something hour game thing. It's not as massive a map as the other previous re- most recent games. It's yeah. there's not as much stuff to go and find on the map and all this sort of stuff. Yeah. Love that. More games like that. Cool. Just keep it simple. Robocop. Mm. Play through it, done. Don't need to play it anymore. You know? It's finished. More of that. Yeah. More more games that you can actually get done with. Fucking but Suica game. Great game. It's got fruit. Great game. You haven't got it. Great game. Why haven't you got it? Fine, I'll fucking buy it now, you fucking it's, it's windy bitch. It's not on mobile phone, bitch. you get it on Switch. I'm going to buy it on Switch via my phone. you got your Switch right there. Uh, it's going to take too much time. Oh my god. But anyway, um, it's but that's, your, that's your game of the year. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't know what my game of the year is, man. Alright, well we're going to we're gonna start with two... We're, wait, so you recommend I get the Suica... How am I supposed to Suica? Suica game. Uh, is S U? Oh, there we go. S U I K A. The same way you spell Suica. <laughs> Fucking. Some people, I mate. Simpleton. Uh, I've got a dog that turns into a chainsaw. Who bought you that, man? I don't know, man. It was a quiet month, quite I can make anyone hold this. All right. Well, we're going to start as we always do with TV. All right. In a year where we had a lot of TV. Yeah. There's obviously. I can't remember what I've watched this year. All right, well, I'm going to start us off with my TV show of the year. I've got a few honourable mentions. No, you just review the TV show. A few honourable mentions. Because we're already 35 minutes through this. Okay, so I watched Jury Duty this year. That was a fun little... Okay, that's your TV show of the year. Harken back to... Do you remember Joe Schmo, where they pretended someone was in a... Joe's Bizarre Adventure. Great. Um, There's been... um, the last series of Succession. I started watching Succession this year. No, you. And I watched no, every Jury Duty is your show of the year. And that was great. 
But for me, there was one thing that really stood out because it had... Oh, and Beef. Beef was a great series. Really enjoyed Beef as well. Beef! Beef! Um, but... Can you just say what the... The show TV is? show for me of this year was predictably enough... A horrifying adventure through the wastelands of America following an apocalyptic event. That's right, Anne. I loved the bear. Twisted Metal. No. I actually didn't mind Twisted Metal. I watched every episode. That wasn't too bad. No, I'm I'm gonna say The Last of Us Series One was my TV show of the year. Um I loved it. It was everything I wanted from a series about The Last of Us. And it pissed off right wingers to no 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 end because they were like gay people in the apocalypse. The video game didn't give me gay people. Why is it political? My fucking apocalypse. Um, but no, it was a great series. It was gory. It was violent. They incredible casting with um, gory. That's mean. Incredible casting with um, just a few shouts. Uh, obviously, main character Joel played by. Um, Played by uh, the Mandalorian, Pedro, Pedro Pascal. There you go, and Pablo uh, Escobar, <laughs> and Ellie, played by um, by Ramsey Bolton, Bella Ramsey, Bella Ramsey, and then um, also the evil lady who chased down the two black people, played by um, John Ritter's wife. John Monica, Ritter. Monica, what's her name? The one from Two and a Half Men that you like. Oh, freaking, yeah. Monica Bellucci. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, all in all, an incredible series. Monica it, Linsky. There you go. I'm thinking Monica Lewinsky. Yeah. It it's held not the right Lewinsky. notes. Um, and as I said, it did build on some of the elements that we didn't really get to see in the video game because... The thing about video games as a narrative, you need to constantly keep the player moving forward so you don't always get the chance to introduce these sort of smaller moments in a way that Do you, works. I don't know if Last of Us is the best example of a game that keeps you moving forward all the time because that's a game that loves to make you just sit and watch a cutscene for 20 minutes. Well, maybe I like those cutscenes, Ant. Fuck you. Um, but yeah, The Last of Us is my TV show of the year. Unexpectedly good. I was very happy with, with everything. Can it's I not just... Secret Invasion. No, that's, no, no, Anne. That's your, your TV show of the year. Did you watch American Born Asian in the end? You really liked Everywhere, Everything, All at Once. Oh, so I have to watch all Asian. No, you said things. you were going to watch it. You said that it was something that was coming out. And you said you were going to watch it. Did, did you watch I, it? Did I say that? I don't yeah, when we were that. talking about it, you said they've got a series coming out. Anyway, your review, Anne. Your TV show of the year, please. I don't watch just everything that's got Asians. In it just because I liked everything everywhere all at once. So which Carmen yeah. Rider series is going to be? It wasn't Carmen Rider. It was Super Sentai. Oh fuck off! Was it so it's Carmen Rider? You're this, just saying this to me. No, because the um, Carmen Rider was like it was all right. It's decent. Oh yeah, yeah. The one that yeah. Ended just this not year. up to the lofty standards of your your Super Sentai. Not up to the lofty standards of some of the other seasons. No, the Super Sentai show, Avataro Sentai Don Brothers. Freaking beautiful title. Freaking that show. Yeah. Fucking transformative in terms of Super Sentai seasons. Um, they, they fucking, they fucking said, you know, the format we've been using for 45 fucking years? Yeah. In the bin. Straight in the bin. Straight in the bin. Monsters of the Week. Can't even be fucked with them. It actively disliked the idea of being a Super Sentai series. It, but it embraced all the silliness. 
and it had a crazy cast of characters where only one of them ends up like not really getting much to do in the show. Um, the Blue Ranger kind of gets like shoved to the side. He t- keeps doing haikus and stuff, and that's like his thing. And he doesn't really have anything else. I'm still transforming that little Optimus Prime. But um, <laughs> no, this is the best Super Sentai series there is. I've been, I'm, admittedly, I'm watching Takuja for the third time right now, and that is my favourite Super Sentai series. Like, even though it's like a straight up regular Super Sentai series, that shows like that show grips you. And Don Brothers is like entirely different, and I loved it. And it's like it's right up there. And I'm gonna have to rewatch it at some point. When I rewatch it, I'll watch the director's cut version of the ending because the ending to this show was like the most bittersweet, heart wrenching friggin' thing I've ever seen a TV show about a bunch of multicolored superheroes who fight robot, fighting giant robots ever have. It was like heartbreaking. The finale, which they've undone with subsequent movies and stuff, they they did a follow up movie thing and just undid everything from that ending. Great, good stuff. Um, they did another follow up movie thing recently. It was like a little mini thing. It's only like a half hour long thing called Don Brothers versus Dombri, Dombris, which is like a type of um, noodle dish. Yeah, that you get it's yeah. a really silly, like dumb episode, but it felt like but it is set towards the end of the series. They purposefully didn't set it after the series. And it's just like a dumb nonsense episode where like some clone of one of the villains turns up and he's obsessed with Don Burris making the best meals and they have competition to see who can make the best one. Stupid thing. That's what the show's like. But um, like, cause, okay, so Super Sentai the last four years, history lesson time, mm-hmm. right? Super Sentai's toy sales and its popularity has been declining. Because Carmen Rider was getting more and more popular. It was kind of kids were leaning more towards Carmen Rider. Okay. But then Kira Major comes along and it's really popular with the kids. Yeah. Pure by the number Super Sentai, but it's a damn good one. Really enjoyable. It's got Pikataro in it. You know the pen pineapple apple pen guy? No. He was in it. They did Zenkaija, which apparently did really good for toys, but it was like um a lot of fans don't like it. I love it. I think it's great. But it was very, very episode of the week format. There was hardly any series long plot. It was extremely like, here's a weird wacky monster. What shit is this getting up to this week? Let's have a wacky comedic adventure. And, you know, it was like 30 episodes in before it tries to do a serious plot. Um, Don Brothers, though, was like extremely serialized and it was full of like elements of continuity moving from one episode to the next. And it was paced out for the entire series. It wasn't paced out in little tiny arcs like they tend to do. You know, like a lot of anime will be like, 15 episodes will be one chunk of story and there'll be another chunk of story for the next part and that's eventually that'll make a whole series. Yes. Um, doesn't do that at all. It'll be oh. like characters will turn up, you'll get a little bit of story, a little bit of background, a little bit of plot twistery and they'll disappear for a little while while other plot threads take over. Mm. And there's like 15 blooming plot threads running through this show and somehow they all tie up at the end except for the shark one. There's a shark ranger called Ma- Muramase who, like, you don't really know much about, and I kind of feel like they forgot about that character. Um, so he's a shark? He, like, he, he jumps into the ground and zooms around like a shark with a sword fin coming up. Okay. Um, but he talks to his mother that's like a disembodied voice somewhere, and he doesn't have a human form. He's just always in his ranger form, and you don't know what his deal is. He shows up, causes trouble, helps them a little bit towards the end, but then just disappears, and you never get a proper answer about what he is, exactly. So I think they'll probably do something eventually, but maybe not. Maybe they'll never answer it. Um, It actively didn't want you to have fun with the mystery. 
There's like there's a character in it who's the main character from the previous Super Sentai series, but he's played entirely differently. It's a completely different character. He's like instead of being all crazy and crazy and cartoonish, mm-hmm. he's like quite serious and a bit mysterious. And he runs. He's like their mentor. And it's kind of alluded to that he is the exact same person from before, but he just felt like taking on a different personality. But also, maybe he's a god. You don't know. Okay. Um, my theory is he's actually the god from Zenkaija that was the finale for the show who said he was going to go try something new and try living. Um, and I think that was what he did. I thought he, I think he, I think he mimicked Goshida Kaido from Zenkaija. Okay. But we'll find out. He's got a running gag where he has all these books come out, which are just like photo books of him looking suave for older ladies to enjoy. Um, keeps coming up. But Don Brothers is fantastic. There's honestly fucking no Super Sentai show comes close to it in terms of hitting the emotional notes and everything. And it's um, the main character is, as far as I can tell, canonically gay. Um, so, so if this is so great, you you giving up watching Super Sentai then? No, because Kieran, because the current one's pretty good. Oh, okay. And the next one's called Bakuage Sentai Boon Boonja, which um, is a great title for a show. I don't know. What does that mean? Who knows, man? But they've got a 1960s classic custom car that they drive around in. Great. And their masks have a giant steering wheel on, a massive car tyre on the front. Oh, fantastic. That's exactly Like the visor's just a whole wheel. It's just a wheel? Yeah, their costumes look like Formula One driver jumpsuits. Um, I think it's kind of neat. And the poster says, Come in Boon. Great. Boon, 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 yeah, yeah. Um, I'm looking forward to that. I, I think that's probably going to be fun. I hope, I'm hoping it'll just be straight up a traditional Super Sentai series because then the fans will get annoyed. But the kids will probably love it because it's cars and cars are popular. So Cars are popular. Yeah. And I love that they've got, got a classic cars. car, man. So, exactly. That's, that's cool. Because you remember in like Mighty Morphin and all that, in the old Power Rangers shows, they'd always be like driving around in go-karts or some shit. Yeah. I love that stuff. Bring that back. Bring I want, that back. I want the team to have transportation. Have bicycles or something. <laughs> Fucking give them skateboards or something. Oh yeah. yeah. Bring back skateboarding. Have all the rangers have like backwards caps that they wear. Oh, and they skateboard everywhere. <laughs> and whenever Poochie's not on screen, you ask, <laughs> where's, you Poochie? ask him, where's Poochie? But no, um Don Brothers is an amazing show. Like the best Super Sentai series. Probably not the one to get into if you've never watched a Super Sentai because it's not a very good representation of what Super Sentai is. All right, you're right but it does, it does play around with the tropes and actively avoid using them all the time. And it's written by Toshiro Inoue, who's like a classic writer of anime and tokusatsu. Oh, cool! He wrote the Death Note anime. Oh, nice! Yeah, that was that was his job. I mean, granted, it's based on the manga comic, but you know, he adapted it. But um. And there was no save in that second half of Death Note, was there? That second, it just falls to shit in the second half. The best part of Death Note is that first half. Um, there's a Death Note TV series, you know. What? In Japan. There's a Death Note TV series, live action series in Japan. Yeah, yeah, I know that. Where um, everyone gets a pa- loads of people get a page of a Death Note, just like it's shattered, shredded, and dropped from the sky. Um, loads of people get a page of the Death Note to just use deal. how they wish. Nice. Chaos. Hmm. Anyway, um, what's next? So next, we do game. Or do you want to do movie first? What would you prefer? The game, I guess. Game first. Okay. So this year... I haven't done a video for my games of the year. Couldn't be asked. This year, there's been some great stuff come out. Um, I was expecting to come out this year with either Dead Space Remake or Resident Evil 4 Remake to be my top game. Uh, 
but then I got to play Spider-Man. That was Spider-Man 2 for PlayStation 5. That was incredible. Spider-Man. Spider-Man. But then at the end of the year, something came along that fucked my list into oblivion. And I've got 90 hours into a game. Suica game. No, not Suica game. <laughs> no, I've been playing a game that I didn't realise I have been missing as much as I have. I haven't played a version of this game for about 25 years. And I've been playing Dragon Quest Monsters Free. Oh. The game that Ant did buy me for Christmas. I bought you a game, but it hasn't arrived yet because you picked a game that's not released until the end of January. Well, I mean, I picked a game that's like out now, but I didn't know it didn't have a physical release. Oh, yeah. First you picked The Man With No Name. Yeah, which I've got now. And I've got you Infinite Wealth. Yeah. I, you did want it for the PS5, right? You didn't want the PS4 yeah, yeah. version. I'm trying okay. to get PlayStations, get all the... Yeah. Is Infinite Wealth on the PlayStation? I think it's on PlayStation 4. Is it? Yeah. Hmm. There's two versions of it. Um, but I've been playing Dragon Quest Monsters free. It is 90 hours of my life has been absorbed into this game. It's incredible. No. Um, I knew this was coming out. It was on my radar. I didn't know if I was going to get it because I haven't played one of these games since the Game Boy version of this. So when I was a kid, uh, I think I've, I think I've explained this before on the podcast. I don't have a ton of money when I was a kid. Um, so, Video games were often something that I wouldn't get to interact with on a regular basis, so I would sort of be... Um, I'd sort of play games that my friends had and things like that. And at the time that my friends were all playing Pokemon, sadly, I couldn't get Pokemon, because Pokemon was more pricey than I could afford. So, I bought myself the game that someone described to me as close to being... As well, as close to being Pokemon as you can get, but a lot cheaper, and that was Dragon Quest Monsters 1. It has a terrible CGI front cover, looks cheap as all hell, but I fucking loved that game. It doesn't no, really have a, a story. Game. Pun? Proper game series. Yeah, yeah, I know, yeah. I know, I know. But, um, I didn't, I, 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 more recently, I bought Dragon Quest 11. Is it Dragon Quest yeah. 11 or 10 on the Switch? Um, 11. 11. 10's and, on the DS. 11's perfect. Dragon Quest 11 is incredible. I've loved that game. But it's not the same as Dragon Quest Monsters for the simple reason that it's a monster tamer. That's kind of the thing is that Dragon Quest Monsters is to Pokemon. Did Monster Rancher get released over here, the new version? No, there wasn't a new version. There was a remaster. Over yeah, there, it was a, it? Yeah. yeah, it's on Switch. Is it actually coming over here? Yeah. yeah I, think it's only mon- I think it's only... The only one that has that CD function thing though is Monster Monster Hunter Monster Rancher, sorry, two. And the PS One game had it. Yeah, I know, yeah. but the the sequel is the only one that you have that sort of functionality, and I think you have yeah. to find the discs rather than it being a case you can play CDs, oh. which is a bit of a shit. Um, but anyway, sorry. So um, so yeah, so um, Monster Dragon Quest uh, Dragon Quest Monsters. When I was a kid, this was my version of Pokemon because I couldn't afford Pokemon, so it went on sale, and that was months and months after because Pokemon stayed. The same price forever. It was always like 40 quid wherever you went. Mm. But Dragon Quest Monsters was 20, which was in my price range. So I got it. And I fucking loved it. No one else played it. So it was a lonely time for me. But um, but no, I, I played it so much. And I still have my copy of that. Um, along with a few other Game Boy Color games. Um, and I just just loved it. It was, it was so oh, good. I've been there. So Dragon Quest Monsters 3... Mm. Is a bit of a mess. Dragon Quest Monsters Joker free. No, it? this is Dragon Quest Monsters free. The Dark Prince Joker were the games on the DS. Yeah. So you had Joker two and three on the DS, but you didn't have a Joker one. 
because that was a continuation of Dragon Quest Monsters on the Game Boy. And then there was Dragon Quest Monsters 2 on the Game Boy. And there were two different ones. There was Tara and Deki. I can't remember. But they had two different... Like, Pokemon had red and blue. Oh, yeah. They had two different title characters in each game. Oh. But it, it didn't make any difference which one you got. I think there's like, a couple of different dungeons and different monsters, but it wasn't, like, the same as Pokemon is, where it's, like, the same game, but... Yeah. It was just a couple of different dungeons. But anyway, so that's besides the point. Dragon Quest Monsters 3. It's a really... Um, it's a completely different take from the other one. In the other ones, there was a tree of life aspect and you go for a door in the tree of life and you go to different levels and you find different monsters and you have to like build up your power and then you eventually take on a big bad. In this, there is a tower, Rose Hill Tower. You go there and over time you unlock different crystals that give you different areas. And each area has three echelons. So you've got the, you've got the lower, middle and upper. I know I did that in reverse with my hands, but that's because you unlock them in that I'm order. Really confused. So you start with the lower level, and that's the lower level monsters. And then as you work your way up, more powerful monsters, more powerful bosses. And it's just, it's great. It's just fucking great. Sometimes it runs like arse, but it's still fucking great. It's so addictive. There's so much personality to it. There's, you can feel the history of this series in this did game. You get Puff Puff from a girl. Get Puff Puff? Yeah. That's puff? a thing in Dragon Quest. Oh, whatever. You give me a girl and she gives you Puff Puff. She gives you Puff Puff. Yeah. Well, in this, you just hunt monsters, you convince them to join you, and then you stick them together in synthesis yeah. to make other monsters. Oh, sweet. And then you go on You go on more adventures. You play the Dark Prince, who's like the evil person from Dragon Quest Four, I think, from what I've learned about this. So he's the bad guy, the ultimate bad guy in Dragon Quest Four. In this, you're sort of building him up to power. So he's becoming the Dark Prince, oh. the character that you meet in Dragon Quest Four. Um, I fucking love it though it's really good it's just such a like I say it, it, when you when it's full of personality and like it's well constructed it does as I said sometimes it runs like ass but it doesn't fucking matter when you're playing the game and you've got all these creatures to unlock and find and it's just these big worlds and you're like traversing around trying to find routes to these bosses and going through the dungeons and solving puzzles it's all just fun and great and I just, I'm really enjoying it. Uh, is this your way of squeezing in another new review? No, 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 because I wasn't okay. expecting this to be my game of the year. Oh. I was expecting this to be something that I played alongside something else. But, like, I was planning on, I was planning on finally getting around to playing World of Horror, the version 1 release that's been released this year, because that finally got properly released. Oh, yeah. Um, and so I didn't get around release, to it? I've got it on Switch. I've got the physical copy on Switch. Yeah. I got given it for Christmas. So that was also something that was on my radar that I wanted to play this year. Um, I managed to play all of the DLC for Resident Evil 4, completed everything in Resident Evil 4 and, and Dead Space, but I just, like, the problem with those games are that I, I replayed Resident Evil 4 twice in a row, so I did the, the game twice over, and I loved it, and same with Dead Space, I loved it, like, unlocking all the weird weapons and doing all the bits and pieces here and there, but it's just the problem was that they felt very familiar. Despite them being like big remakes in certain ways, like they felt too very many familiar. remake games this year. Yeah, I, I wanted. Them. I I wanted. If I'm really honest, if this if it came out in a better condition and it was like a bit more of of what we were expecting, I wanted Callisto Protocol to be my game of the year this year. Mm. But it just felt very short of what everyone wanted. I still liked that game. I still completed that game multiple times. People were enjoying it for a couple of weeks and then Dead Space Remake came out and everyone yeah. forgot Callisto Protocol existed. It was just existed. such a bad time to release it. Mm. Um, because I, yeah, I, I rushed to complete that game in time for Dead Space to come out. They freaking... It's funny how they just like... 
they made that because no one was making any new Dead Space stuff. And they made Dead Space. And yeah, like, oh yeah, we're releasing a remake of Dead Space. And it, they, they, they announced that long after the Callisto Protocol was mm. announced. <laughs> they, Callisto Protocol, they just made it, they made it seem like it was going to be like another Dead Space. And it was like more like Punch Out meets Dead Space. Because you had like a dodge mechanic and it was like melee focused instead of being... And there was that whole bit where you have to run down New York doing yeah. jogging and... Yeah. And then they fucked it with the DLC, didn't they? Because the DLC was originally meant to be like an ending chapter to it and then it turns out... Spoilers for Callisto Protocol for anyone who hasn't played it. It turns out that at the end of the game, you're just like basically the remnants of his body kept alive by a machine. And everything you're experiencing in the DLC up until that point is your synapses firing down. Yeah. As you just go through sections of the game again, it's just like, just you know, you could have done anything with that last DLC. You could have actually made it so that, you know there was a continuation of the story, but yeah. they just fucked it, didn't they? How does anyone mention Alan Wake in their games of the year? Oh, I've seen a few people mention yeah. it. I didn't get around to playing it. I wanted to, but the problem was that I like to collect physical games. It's not a physical release for it. Is it? No, it's yeah. all digital only. Really? Which is like fair enough. That's kind of the way that everything's going every way, uh, anyway. But it just it felt it's bullshit, man. Fucking mm. bullshit. Fucking bull shrimp. Anyway, anyway, you're. Uh, I'm gonna give. I'm gonna give Dragon Quest Monsters free to Tom Atkins. It's. I fucking love it, um, and it is my game of the year. Oh, wasn't expecting it to take take such a strong lead, but there's been like even with Tears of the Kingdom, like Tears of the Kingdom's great. I put as much time into Tears of the Kingdom as I've put into this, but the problem is that Tears of the Kingdom. Once I pulled that time and I was done with it, I'm I was done with it. Like I'm still playing this. I don't know what's. I've been to the Kingdom. That was good. Yeah, it was really good. Yeah, 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 yeah. What else has come out this year? What else has come out this year? What you played yeah. a week ago? Oh yeah, Suiki game, game of the year, <laughs> game of the year. No, um, I fucking I was gonna say Tears of the Kingdom. Were you really? It's yeah, a great not? game. It's an incredible game. And I mean, like, it's more the same. But, yeah. but I mean, it's that building mechanic, man, and the game doesn't fall apart. Yeah. How does it not fall apart all That's, the time? That was one of the questions I asked myself every five <laughs> minutes during that game. It's like, how am I not the seeing game... slow down? How is thing? How are things not yeah. breaking on the, me? The game's uh friggin' it's a it's basically like an expansion, a uh, sort of variation on a game that came out what like eight years ago almost now, quite some time ago when the Switch yeah. launched. Whenever that was, seven years ago. Seven years ago now. Um. But somehow it like is a technical marvel still. Um, the building mechanics, the dungeons are a bit more engrossing than they were in the previous one because I didn't really. The dungeons in Breath of the Wild were like the weakest part of the game. Mm. Um, it's a lot more directed than Breath of the Wild is. It sort of gives you more of a goal where to go, what to do, how to do it. So you're a bit more. You're, there's less of that like trying to figure out what you have to do next that Breath of the Wild had. Um, although Breath of the Wild was kind of you knew where you were going you had those four big things to deal with you had the big you could see the big guardians and you knew to head towards them this is more sort of like okay there's this stuff over here you could deal with there's this stuff over here you could deal with there's this stuff over here you could deal with and you sort of like pick and choose what you want to do go into the underground and explore it for a while if you want to you know have a bit of a tense time And I forgot all about the underworld yeah that was it was good stuff and it's the whole map it was like basically the whole map of the game inverted wasn't it yeah um, there's some sections in there where I got like in really tense moments where you had to like memorably tense where I was trying to navigate through something in the dark and all the light had gone I'd ran out of the light arrows and I was trying to get through to find the next seed so I could light the area up yeah and get out of there 
Um, wasn't any easy way out there though. That's one thing I thought was a bit weird. I think you should have been able to shoot up through the light seeds or something. Yeah, the there surface. should have been there should have been something that just gave yeah. you an easy exit. I mean, you could always just teleport to the surface area that you wanted to yeah. go to. There was quite a few. There was areas underground that you found where they had the big old pillars coming out the top. Because um, I used one of those and ended up jumping straight into the story element I was looking for. Um, <laughs> I did that a few times. Yeah, before. well, just like jumped up inside one of the bases you're supposed to be heading towards. Yeah, but it was constantly surprising, even though it's the same game again, same area, yeah, same location. Or it's tweaked a little bit here and there. Um, the sky stuff, I was surprised how little the sky stuff was important in the end. Yeah, you could do a lot of that stuff if you wanted to, but it wasn't necessary to yeah. complete the game. There wasn't a ton of times where you needed to go up there. It was no. like a handful of situations. Um, I feel like the, that could have been a bit more dense up there. Um, with that, there's a couple of areas of the map where there's like next to nothing in the sky area. Um, but like, they didn't make it like it. It was different. It was fun. There was a section towards the end where you had to like um, you went up to the starting island. And there was like a bonus thing where you had to try and use the glider to jump through, to glide your way along the currents and get through a whole bunch of targets, shoot these. There was like a bunch of targets you had to shoot with your arrow, I think it was. And you had to do them all without touching the ground once. Oh, okay, yeah. To get like some sort of special bonus thing. And it was stuff, stuff like that was fun challenges that they Mm. chucked in there, which required you to like put into practice the stuff you had learned. Yeah. And plus the game was constantly just going, hey, have you figured out a way to break this area? Fucking go for it, mate. (laughs) <laughs> like, there was that one dungeon I did where I didn't realise... It was the dungeon that introduced... I mean, I say introduced them, like, there's there's the dungeons you can end up inside in all sorts of order, all those little mini dungeons. Yeah. Um, but it was the one that introduced the, the device that, like, weighs down something. So you can use it as, like, a scale. It's like the big weight shape. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know the thing? It's like the thing to make something stay upright or whatever. Yeah. Um, but I couldn't figure out what they were for. I thought they were just to weigh st- stuff down. Mm. So I was using them to, like attaching a panel to a thing and using them to hold the panel in place. Yeah. And then I was climbing up the panel. I got like halfway through the dungeon before I got to the end bit. I was like putting platforms off the edge and using the weights at the other end to like counterbalance me. Yeah. So I could go to the end of the platform off the edge and aim stuff. I didn't realise what you were meant to do was like shoot them and it would like launch you through the air. Like you could use it as like a, a scale, like a weight, couldn't you? You could like attach it to the end of a platform, put a wheel underneath it, shoot it, and it'd, like, counterbalance you and fling you through the air. Um, took me ages to figure that out, because like, I, I think I didn't really get the tutorial bit for it. I had so many so many puzzles that I was doing where I was just breaking the game by accident. Yeah. And it wasn't, like, it wasn't like properly breaking the game. It was more like I was cheesing the puzzles, but they almost every time it felt like they knew I was going to try that. Yeah. Um, which was I've cool. seen there's some of them where, like, there's that one where you have to go to the top of a really tall tower, let a ball start rolling, and you have to dive down off the top of the tower and go through, land in the water. And as, but as you fall, you have to shoot a target as you fall to make a platform come out that's got the thing to catch the ball in. Oh, yeah, Friggin- and there's also there's a similar one to that where yeah. you have to launch the ball using the platform. But if you do that one, if you don't, if you want to get to the top really quickly on that one, you don't actually have to use the vents. If you go over to the edge of the map below where the ball falls off, there's like enough of a lip of a ceiling for you to just use the friggin' vertical shooty up thing, whatever it was called, mm. and just travel your way all the way to the top of it in one go. Because the game will let you do that. Like, you can end up in caves underground and use the rise through the ceiling thing. And it's like, it's like you've got a debug item to just break the game and you end up, like, in an entirely different area to where you were before. 
you end up like inside a castle or something that you didn't realise was above this cave network that you've wandered into. Mm. Um, ingenious stuff. I quite like the monsters around as well. The glee locks were um, tricky. They even bumped up the difficulty on the Lionels, though. I had a couple of them were... Oh, they're fucking a horrendously evil. <laughs> yeah, a couple of them kicked my butt. But um, yeah, there's areas of the map that I just barely visited on Breath of the Wild that I ended up spending loads of time in in this one. Because there's, there's stuff in Breath of the Wild to the north that I barely ever touched upon in that game. Like, you barely needed to. Um, just the snowy areas. Because was the map spun around from Breath of the Wild? No, I don't think it was spun around. I think it was just more of a case of they ripped big chunks of it apart from up in yeah. the air. So it changed up a lot of what was happening in the... They changed the seasons in the area, so maybe that's what's throwing me off. Because it was... The area to the south was all frozen in this one, and it wasn't in the first one. It was um, an area to the southeast or something, wasn't it? But, like, the area with the Skyloft, the bird place, was all, like, frozen at the start of the game, wasn't it? And then you have to do that amazing frigging run up to the dungeon where you're shooting up through the clouds and you could quite easily fall off that at any minute. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, there was times in that where I messed up. I forgot about the whole shooting through the ceiling thing because it was still pretty early in the game. And I spent ages trying to figure out, like, making balloon things to rise me up to where I needed to get to. And then I was like, oh, wait, I could just, like, jump through the ceiling here. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> but um, the game the game is fantastic. I just can, I, I hope when they do another Zelda game, it's not just Breath of the Wild in another location or something. Yeah. I, want, I, would, I would like a traditional Zelda next, please. But With some dungeons and stuff. Yeah. But this one was fantastic. It's, it's, it's amazing. It's like they've taken how refreshing Breath of the Wild was and they've just, like, done a refined tweaked version of it like an alternate run of it kind of like um, Super Mario Galaxy 2 to the first game where like you're basically the same basic structure but everything's been done with the hindsight of what they learned from the previous game Mm. Um, because they saw the videos online of people breaking Breath of the Wild doing all sorts of crazy stuff with what physics were in the game Yeah, and they just went why don't we just make those tools that the people can use I do like the fact that this this did start as like the whole the whole process um, the whole process of building stuff and putting stuff together that was like it was mostly a response to a debug thing they were using and they then went oh can we actually get this working and they were surprised that they could actually keep it going in the game that's how the whole thing came up yeah but I yeah. think they took influence from people who were doing stuff like getting the octoling the octo things. Oh, yeah attaching them to rafts to make them fly in the yeah. first game. Because um, you can get pretty high in that first game and then fall quite a distance. Yeah. But people are using that to get out of the boundary areas and stuff like that. Um, but it's a good old time. Fucking turn no, time. I mean, yeah, it's an incredible game. Um, Runs better than the first one does. Yeah, somehow. Because um, I, I played the first one on Wii U, but apparently the Wii U version runs better than the Switch version. Yeah, of Breath it was of the World. built for the Wii U, wasn't it? Yeah, but, um, you know, a proper dedicated hardcore, hard, you know, console versus a mobile chip. But this one runs better than both of them. Like, yeah. the frame rate duck dips down every now and again when you're using the the arm thing. When you really take the piss with everything yeah. that you can, you can add together, that's when but it starts taking the Jumping out of the sky diving all the way down, shooting down through a hole in the ground into the underground cavern, yeah. and it will just load straight through. It keeps going. I'm thinking, yeah, it's ridiculous. Enjoyed it. And, uh, yeah, they should make another Zelda. 
I think I think it's got a good future in this franchise. Yeah, I think this and, franchise uh, has, has some legs on maybe it. Maybe Nintendo should make some Zelda games. Yeah. How many Zelda games are on Switch? This is like the fifth, wasn't it? Fourth. Got Link's Awakening remake, yeah. Yeah. Skyward Sword, yeah. um, Breath of the Wild, Tears of the Kingdom, Cadence of Hyrule. Oh, yeah, Cadence of Hyrule. Sorry, I yeah. forgot about that one. That's just ones made to play on the Switch, mm. not including, including the uh, one that, on the NES. Mask. Yeah, yeah, they're all on the NES thing. Oracle of Seasons and Ages is on there now, isn't it? Friggin... Oh, yeah. Yeah. The only yeah. Zeldas that are missing are the CDI Those ones. <laughs> DS ones. Oh, yeah, DS ones, yeah. yeah I'd love to see them for whatever. Yeah. yeah. I, I reckon that there'll be something with the Switch too, where there's like a a dedicated console use it and you can use the Switch with the, in conjunction with the TV. You reckon? Yeah, I think they're going to um, Wii U it up. Wii U too. Well, they're going to try to, yeah. Yeah. Because Wii U was uh, ahead of its time. Yeah. Yeah, I don't disagree on that front. Um, all it's right. getting very expensive to buy Wii U stuff now. Well, as long as you've got the console, you don't really need to buy the stuff. Yeah, but those controllers you never could buy separately. Oh, that's true. So once those controllers break... Yeah, we're fucked. They're not going to be yeah. replacing those anytime And the Wii U's have got a fatal hardware problem, haven't they? Loads of them would just die because the NAND RAM just dies on them. Oh, yeah, the solder's fucked, isn't it? It's not just solder. It's actually a, it's a thing in the actual programming of the device. Oh. It's straight up just... The RAM just dies. No. Um, some people have made some stuff they think can fix pretty much all of them. So yeah, we'll hope. There we go. Um, okay. All right. So this is the big one. This is movie of the year. Oh. Um, I think we're probably going to have the same answer. <laughs> is it your mum? Yeah, it's your mum. Okay. So strong year for a lot of dramas. There's been some interesting films. Um, one of the ones I wasn't expecting to be as good as it was was The Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, which was a swung song yeah, for the series. I rewatched that the other day. It's, it's incredible really still. Yeah. Um, heartbreaking, some of the things in that film. But also, Anatomy of a Fool came out this year, which was incredible. I really enjoyed that. Um, but um, again, something at the end of the year blew me away, and I still have not stopped thinking about it, and that was that was Godzilla Minus One. Fucking seeing my Tokusatsu... I always talk about Tokusatsu. Fucking son of a bitch. Look, I'm just going to say... I heard your favourite Tokusatsu film of the year was Smoking Causes Cancer. I actually wanted to see that. <laughs> it's Smoking Blu-ray, Causes yeah. Coughing. Yeah, so yeah. Yeah, I really wanted to see that, but I couldn't fucking get tickets to the Blu-ray, Prince Charles yeah. one. Is that on Blu-ray? Yeah, I saw it in HMV the other week. How much is Apparently it? Apparently it's not great. But really? <laughs> yeah, but it's a Quentin Dupont film. It's not, oh, there's yeah, a 50-50 chance it's, it's dog shit. Dog shit yeah. <laughs> was that cop one he did? Bad Cops, wasn't it? Yeah. That wasn't good. Robber, though. Great. Um, but anyway, so, yeah, sorry. Um, so, unexpected. I went to go see this in a year where we had Evil Dead Rise. There was a film last year that I said how excited I was to see I it. I seen that. Really good, really strong. It's on Netflix now. You can watch it on Netflix in the UK. Oh, yeah. Um, and I loved that. I had a couple of issues with it, but it felt like an Evil Dead film, which is more than you can say about most of the films that even the uh, the director of Evil Dead has been able to sort of emulate in the series. Um, but it felt like Evil Dead. It felt mean and nasty. But this, this was the kind of film that. Um, that I wanted the American Godzilla films to be. Like this serious... Well, you wanted them to be good. Yeah. This serious, mean fucking Godzilla who does not have any any empathy whatsoever. He doesn't, he doesn't even recognise humans as anything more than a nuisance. And yeah. 
Fuck there's me, no humanisation of Godzilla in this film no. at all. It's like the first film. Like even GMK is like my favourite modern Godzilla film, and that one still has he has human traits. Yeah, um, and he's the bad guy in that. But this one's like freaking the force of nature taken to the extreme. Um, and uh, the the cast is freaking incredible in it. They're, yeah, so if you know you if you watch a lot of Japanese shows, not just Tokusatsu shows, yeah, dramas and stuff, loads of them are in it. The oh okay, what's her name? Noriko. Noriko, the partner. Yeah, the girl. She's um, you know, in Kamen Rider, Shin Kamen Rider. She's the girl that's the daughter of the um, the main girl in the in the film. Oh okay. When he puts the scarf on him and all yeah, that and has the yeah, you told me that eyes. yeah when mm. when um after you'd seen it yeah, and the other guy, the um. The main guy in it. Yeah. I was like, I recognise his face. And I went looking over his IMDb. I haven't seen anything with him as an adult, but I had just recently watched Carmen Rider Agito, and he is a creepy little kid when he's like six years old in that. And he's in it quite a bit for the first half of the series. Yeah. This, <laughs> like, the whole cast is incredible. The setup is incredible. There are some lines in this that fucking genuinely incredible lines of dialogue. Um, there's a moment where our main character struggling with PTSD and also the shame of being a kamikaze pilot that couldn't do it mm. says... But that's a part of the point of the whole film is that like he backed out of it and yeah. in the end of the day like, people hated him for it at first because they're losing the war and they see him as someone who's betrayed his country. But then as time goes on they're like, nah, you did the right thing. You well, chose to live. There's themes in this of fate versus decision versus timing versus life versus death. Like, the whole thing, the whole thing where it comes full circle with the pilots that were attempting to help him at the beginning of the film, helping him at the end. And I knew, I fucking knew what was happening. You know, where like he's setting off, the final confrontation's happening. Yeah. And like, there's that moment where his mechanic buddy's like, it goes silent. They stop the dialogue and they stop the subtitles. And I knew exactly what he was fucking saying to him. Yeah. At first I thought he had pulled a fast one and he'd switched two of the devices. So it was yeah. like, you pull this one to do that. And this one does that. And I was yeah. like, he's secretly, he's like, it's going to blow whatever he does. But if he presses that, it's going to. I and thought he was telling him the thing to set off the bomb was going to be the actual ejector seat. That's what I thought. Yeah. That's what I thought. I was like... But then they made it be his decision. To, yeah. Because it was more yeah. important there was his decision. Yeah. Um, the fucking initial in Godzilla coming out, the sound of it, and like the fact that there are people screaming, shoot it, shoot it, like that could do fucking anything. Um, there's little things in there like the Godzilla at the start being basically a sort of mutated T-Rex thing yeah. like some t- some giant lizard that survived the extinction yeah um, that comes from like Godzilla versus um, King Ghidorah the oh, um, right, Heisei yeah. film where there's a Godzilla-saurus oh, and right. you see like flashback to the war and they nuke and there's nukes and stuff that a bunch of people get killed by it and there's a line of dialogue they time in- travel back in time and they oh, put and they a, see it. They put a little monster there that's gonna instead of Godzilla, they kill Godzilla in the past. Yeah, before he becomes Godzilla. And they make but the bad one. guys put the little monster there that's gonna mutate and become King Ghidorah. Uh, but in this one, yeah, the, he's basically a Godzilla saurus at the start, and it mutates yeah. into because they they say like oh Godzilla. they say there's like a creature here, and when you see the deep sea mm. fish come up, yeah. that's a sign he's coming. But there is so I have I have three three incredible lines in this. Um, one of my all-time favourite lines of dialogue in anything is his line, I don't know if I'm alive or I'm just having the dream of a man dying, rotting in a field. 
<laughs> and I was like, fuck, well, that's horrifying. Um, there's, there's, um, there's the line, um, here, take this, boil it down, turn it into gruel, and then feed it to the baby. And then when you see them a few months later and they've got their little family unit, mm. she turns around and she says to him, Oh, is this like that job you had when you held on to that rice for that woman who <laughs> ended up having stolen it? I was like, Is it indicating, is it saying that this woman stole the rice to give to the baby? Or is this another, another little thing that happened? And then also, um, the line when he first meets the woman who's running through the market with the baby and hands it to him. And he's sitting there for like four or five hours waiting for it yeah. to come back. And he walks off, turns one corner and she immediately comes out and she goes, why didn't you move sooner? I've been waiting for you to leave the square because you're in front of everyone. I thought it was just fucking brilliant. Um, I almost cried at the end. It is fucking cheesy as hell. But my God, when you see the combination of the letter from him with the little girl the telegram the neighbour receives, and yeah. then the final revelation. I was like, "This is too much. I'm emotional. Stop it." So you got this like shots in this that are like some of the best Godzilla stuff ever. The first, the atomic breath scene in Tokyo, it's insane. Like it's- I always like the one in GMK where he's fighting Baragon. He uses the atomic breath, and it cuts to a school. Where yeah. you've been seeing school kids are aware there's some shit going on over there, and it just and as a nuclear cloud goes up, Fucking like in hell. GMK, and that's like brilliant imagery but in this it's just like friggin turned into Beth again for a second it's a combination <laughs> it's a combination of a shotgun and the atomic blast we've seen before mm. there's and also the fucking loading animation for it the, the spikes coming out yeah it's done that in one of the previous films it's like, yeah. but um, yeah that I think they because they, to be honest like one of the best atomic breaths in all of God's is in the 2014 film as much as people just like that, the first time he fires the atomic breath and it starts buzzing at the tail and you hear the... Oh, yeah. Vroom, 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 and yeah. there's like a pause for a moment and then it's like... I... See, this is the thing. Like they tried to copy that but make it more intense. The American films are good Godzilla films, but that's not what makes a Godzilla film good. They've gone for pure schlocky Godzilla yeah. films, yeah. They've gone for the, the action-y Godzilla, like the big bombastic battles, but and tried to emulate the humanity of a Godzilla film. When in reality, you just need to go, this is an incredibly detailed and enthralling, tiny little slice of life drama where people are struggling with trauma. There are three people completely unrelated that have created a family. Two reviews. One review was from Wendy Eyed, of all people. And one of them was like some guy on Twitter calling it nationalistic. And I'm like, are you paying attention to this film? Yeah, no, this is not nationalistic at all. It's probably staring down the barrel of a gun and he says the Japanese government doesn't care about its people. It let them rot and die. It's like, your family burnt, my kids burnt, and the the army Hmm. didn't help us put out the fire. We just let it burn. You've got to watch Kamen Rider Black Sun after that. Yeah. Because Kamen Rider Black Sun's got a similar amount of anger at the Japanese government. Well, there's, there's a moment in this where they say, we're going to fight the first war that's fought by the people for the people and we're not going to lose anyone. Mm. And I was like, yeah. And like, even the pilot says when he comes back and he says, we made these planes to fail. The Mm. fact that you even landed this is a miracle because you should not, this, this could barely take off. This wasn't meant to survive. And then even the guy says like, you're a kamikaze pilot who is known for being one of the best pilots in the army. Do you know how funny that is? Mm. Like, it's like you've got full marks on all of your simulations. You're a kamikaze pilot. 
Yeah. Like, that's fucking hilarious in such a dark way. Um, I just, this is every, it, it is, it is a combination of a sports movie. It's like a rocky moment at the end. You've got slice of life drama. Yeah, they started playing Eye of the Tiger. It's a bit weird, but you know, I think it, it is, it is so cheesy at the end, but it's mm. cheesy in the best possible way where it's and You like, can tell it's a proper serious Japanese film because it didn't have like a pop song at the end, on the end credits. <laughs> it actually ended with a theatrical score. Yeah. I was really expecting it to end. It would play like fucking, I don't know, Morisaki Win or something singing. I just get a song from Tokyo calling back to Rashi Gakko <laughs> plays over the credits. I just, I, after leaving this, I was just shaking with just, mm. there's like, there is an electricity and a, and a value to something like this. I need that 4K Blu-ray. Yeah. The, so I don't know how the audio, you went to Woking cinema, didn't you? Yeah. I went to the Odeon and this is the first time the audio has been done properly in a film I've seen at the Odeon. Because most, like most of the time, audio is so fucking flat in those places. Like it's surround sound, yeah, but it's like it has like a certain peak and it never goes higher. Yeah, in it's this, also it's a Japanese film where they're probably not mastering the audio the way American films are yeah, nowadays. Probably not. They're probably American everything. <laughs> yeah, well, American films almost entirely put everything in the foreground now. Yeah. they just put everything at the same volume. This blend everything out. Fucking from Godzilla screaming hmm. to the actual battles and just freaking first moment when the main Godzilla thing kicks in when the girls on the train. Incredible. Just, just you hear the on the yeah. train and then the camera sort of comes around the corner and Godzilla's there behind the building. Not even yeah. a not even a stupidly massive Godzilla which I liked. Yeah, he's like a that's a good classic fifty foot Godzilla. He's like, a bit taller than fifty, I'd say. Yeah, but keep in mind those buildings are only like two stories high in that area. No, because the TV station's there. That's about three, four stories high. As no, well. that's like a big tall building. It's like yeah. 10, 15 stories when they like, because they, not you, in know, you know when it drops down? Recently rebuilt Tokyo. Oh, maybe not. Well, no, because that's meant to be, that's meant to, so is it Geisha? Gi- yeah, but that's like the area that's been relatively rebuilt from the fire bombings and stuff. Yeah, that's what they say. It's like, yeah. it's almost fully it's operational now. Yeah. So it's all tall and like, but yeah, oh, fucking Noriko. I... Is it Norico? I think her name was Norico. Yeah, I that fucking scene where he goes to find her, and I was like, because she goes down as people are rushing. Get, get, no, because when the when she gets hit with a blast, you see her just get zip lined out. Yeah, the just shot. disappears. Yeah, and I was like, fuck. I was like, yeah, she's she's dead. <laughs> yeah, um, um, but she doesn't come out of it unscathed. Like no. really fucked up. I hope Not they don't. I, I don't think they'll do a direct sequel or anything. I, I think, don't want them to. I think they'll do something set like today. Yeah, and it'll be like, oh, since this thing happened in 1947, there's been some radioactive stuff that's gone through people's blood and it's passed from one person to the other. Oh, and there'll right, be like some sort of Godzilla mutant people or some shit. Yeah, Noriko. I, I would like Noriko. it if they had, if if they were going to do a sequel to this, have it set 20, 25 years later. Godzilla emerges. Godzilla, and, it'd be in the sixties. Godzilla versus ahead of a time. No, just have Aww. it. Have it the same sort of thing. Have it them dealing with the destruction. Because um, Japan, like I don't know, I don't know how much you know about history, but I've recently been reading Barefoot again after you told me about it. No, I had a guy going crazy at me in the shop the other day about like um, how they totally had to drop nukes on the Japanese, and they were. Uh, they, you know, they needed. I said they dropped it on civilians. I said, yeah, they yeah. deserved it and stuff like they that. They dropped it on civilians after the war was ending. Yeah, 
They didn't need like, to. If they really wanted to drop the bomb, make those bombs make a statement, they could have dropped it on like a military base somewhere, yeah. like out in the ocean. Hiroshima was like, most, like mostly Make kids it in visual distance like, of the island to scare them, but no, yeah. they dropped it on a civilian population of people living in wooden paper houses. Yeah. Fucking... Oh, God, that's... So this does something that like America seems to really not be able to do, and and set dressing. And the friggin' the set, the the house that they live in the that slowly develops back up over yeah. time. There's a broken part of the house when he has a little bit of a breakdown part he way through the film, it over. and he walks from the good part of the house to the bad part yeah. of the house. Yeah, and still... it's just that it's just a door that's yeah. put over. Oh god. So here's here's a question He's that I had. Scene, motherfucker. Um, I read a review where they mentioned that he had a wife. That abandoned him after, after he refused to kill himself. But I don't That's could like not film. work out a wife at any point in this film. No, no, no he had a, he's only had his mother and father. That's back what home. I thought. That's what I thought. But yeah. they died in the firebomb. Do you think they got confused that the girl who was homeless at the start was a different girl to the one who was living with him? No, I think they thought the neighbour was his. Yeah, wife. no, no, neighbour. Her husband died. She yeah, mentions her husband. Her husband and her kids. Yeah, that's Sumiko. Um, yeah. She yeah. is. She might be my favourite character in this whole fucking film. She's she goes from, goes from an evil, angry woman to being, like, the best grandmother ever. Yeah, she was in, um, was it the Great Yokai War film? That Does she? So, you know, like, how his house, he starts building it back up because he starts that fairly lucrative job. Yeah. Doing the... Because her house gets rebuilt as well, and I got the feeling that he was giving her money and stuff. There was a lot of people in that time, everyone was just helping each other and building houses up, because they had to. Yeah. Otherwise, everyone was living in mess. But yeah, I just... This is something else. Every so often, like, a film comes along and it's like... It changes things. Who's the like, friggin' doctor guy? You know the guy who oh, has yeah, a big plan? the guy there! <laughs> that everyone, everyone calls a twink. Yeah, I, I fucking... I love... So there's a subplot in this Godzilla movie about a boat that is wooden. So he goes, he goes I've got a new job. It pays really oh, well. Yeah, I fucking forgot that friggin' Joe from Gokaija's in this, the Blue Ranger. Isn't he the other guy on the ship? He's, um... Oh, fucking, I don't know, his face doesn't look anything similar now, but he's called Yuki Yamada. Um, uh, who did he play? Fucking, I think he was the guy who owned the boat. Um, no, none of them owned the boat. Those were commissioned by the Yeah, government. the guy who was in charge of it. Yuki yeah, Yamada. that's who I thought you meant, the tall guy. Yeah, he's... um. Oh, no, that's the young dude. He's not that's... that young. That's the last old photos. Oh. He like looks like the young dude who has his arm in a sling. The one who's like, I wanted to go to war. Uh... Um, so there's a subplot in this Godzilla film that I really loved and it's they he goes I've got I'm going to get paid like what is it 4,000 yen a week yeah for going out and deactivating mines and he goes they're going to have specialist equipment for this kind of thing smash cut to a wooden boat with a crane and a machine gun on it and a scientist guy who goes they're made out of wood so they don't attract the magnetic mines I was like, this is... Why is this funny? Why is this so good at being funny and human and interesting? And yeah, just... I don't even play, because when I search for Yuki Yamada in Godzilla Minus One, it just brings up pictures of Godzilla and the main actor. The main actor's not him. The main no. actor's friggin', um... Friggin', what's his name? Well, that, um, what would you what would you like to say about Godzilla? Kamuki. What would you like to say about Godzilla Minus One? Sorry, I've, I've rambled on from the perspective of someone who's He's obviously not well, as well versed. Maybe it's not my first favourite film. What was your favourite film this year then? <laughs> but no, so like from your, so you say GMK is your favourite 
That was always my favourite modern one. Yeah. Like the original film's still perfect, but the modern one was always GMK, but this one's like, it's it's up there. It's Shin, This and Shin Godzilla are just freaking fantastic. Yeah. Um, very different films, Shin Godzilla. Yeah, um, absolutely. But equally as annoyed at the, uh, at the Japanese government as this one. Because Shin, Shin Godzilla was just taking the piss out of the Japanese government's bureaucracy and... Some people didn't get that. No. They didn't get that that film's sort of a comedy at times. Um, but no, freaking minus one's just superb. Can't follow it. Freaking gripped from the end. There's little elements of the animation I really love. The bit where, um, it's right at the end, just spoilers and stuff, but freaking, um, when he, when Godzilla bites down on the shit when it flies into his mouth and it's oh that snap God. frame. It doesn't, it doesn't, it's not a, when he grabs it, it's like a snap. Yeah. It's like, it just stops immediately. Yeah. And everything freezes. I was like, I was like, is this meant to be slow down? Is it meant to like be in slow motion? No, it's meant to be like your heart stopping for a moment. Like, what the fuck's happened? Like, did he get out or not? I don't know. That's, that's proper good stuff, that. Mm. Um, the bit where, you know, Godzilla starts chasing him at the first part within the boat. Oh. And there's that shot of him just turning towards them and following them and getting he, closer and closer. Every time he was under the water, I was like, this is, there's like a very, I, I'm scared of like big bodies of water, like the sea and stuff freak mm. me out. And it's just seeing a completely empty void and just underneath it, just this giant fucking mm. thing just. Every time battleships show up as well, the government yeah. shows up, it just wrecks them. It's when they go, oh yeah, no, don't worry. They're sending the newest battleship they have to take down Godzilla the next day they see it on its side with half of it missing. I was yeah. Like, yeah, no, don't worry, guys, they've got this. It's been great stuff. I'd love to see them do something like this for Mothra. Mothra deserves a... Mothra's a very different thing, though. Mothra has to be more uplifting mm. and stuff than Godzilla. But um, they're, they're talking about doing like a whole joined universe for Godzilla and Toku film things but they kind of did that in the 60s anyway so it's not exactly new yeah but um, I'd be interested to see what they've done because they, they've been treating Shin Godzilla Shin Kamen Rider and Shin Ultraman as all being like its own things but Godzilla Minus One is the start of a new thing yeah because um, all, all those Shin films they've even done there's a toy available where it's got like it's Ultraman Evangelion friggin Carmen Rider and oh, Godzilla and it is, combines this together. This is made by the Evangelion guy, isn't it? Yeah. Is it this one? No, yeah. no, no. Shin, Shin Godzilla was. Shin Godzilla. The guy who directed this is a um, freaking special effects director guy. Oh. Yeah. Um, what was it he worked on? Didn't he do the Rurouni Kenshin film, wasn't it? I think. Oh, Rurouni Kenshin. No, that um, guy was a bad dude. That guy was apparently like a weirdo. No, there's a bunch of those films. Oh, okay. There's a few of them. Um, no, he did something special effects work he'd done, but he's only directed a few things, if I remember rightly. Um, but um, where's the red? He's got a, he's got a decent amount. He did that Dragon Quest live action uh, animated film. Um, oh, the your story, the Parasite yeah. Part Two. He did the Parasite films. Oh, cool the live action ones. Yeah, they're good. Um, oh, Space Battleship Yamato is the one I'm thinking. Oh, uh, yep, from yep. like the Netflix thirteen. Film. No, from 30, it's like 2010. Like, oh. It's a live action one. It's good. Um, has he actually done anything that's like stuff I would have watched? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but no, he apparently he's like big on special effects and stuff. He literally just sits there doing the effects himself. <laughs> yeah, he's always literally just sitting there working on Godzilla on his own, like for sort of a lot of it. He did the CGI movie direction for Onimusha Three. Oh, cool! It's <laughs> good, good game. And nineteen eighty nine, he did the visual effects in Sweet Home. 
<gasps> which is one of the greatest freaking Japanese horror movies ever made. I need a copy of that. that. Like, you can't get a copy of it. Yeah, I need it doesn't a copy exist. Of that DVD or something. You can't. It's never been so released on DVD because the director doesn't like it. And so it's only ever been available on video. And in Japan, they let directors decide what happens with their art. Fucking <laughs> but, um, ridiculous. I guess. Give me a copy. It's on YouTube. You can watch it. It is on YouTube, but it's like such a terrible copy. Yeah, it's the only one that exists is VHS rips. The audio is fucked on it. Yeah. But Sweet Home's fantastic. Mm. Um, I want to play the game through one day. I'd just never get around to doing it. Yeah. But yeah, Godzilla Mice one's a freaking masterpiece. Freaking. Yeah, it's fantastic. I'm really not. Kev hasn't seen it yet, and he's been wanting to go see it, but he's been too busy doing his TV work stuff that he's doing, so he hasn't had a chance to go to the cinema. Oh, right, yeah. So I'm waiting for him to see it, see what he thinks. He's going to friggin' shit and piss himself. What Liv, Liv had no idea what to expect from this. Yeah. And she was saying, like, she didn't know whether Godzilla was, like, going to be a big thing. Um, like a like a bombastic like people in suits. I basically said to her like the history of Godzilla is like a guy in a suit and like the. Never watched any one. Godzilla films. She's never seen any. Jesus Christ! You need to so show some of that. Some of those films are oh, shite. You need to show yeah. us. <laughs> We're put in front of Son of I'll Godzilla. Be like, I'll be like, yeah, I, I really hate Godzuki. Should we watch it? Fucking <laughs> immediately reach for my car yeah, I've got from the, my house keys and start stabbing myself in the neck. I've got the complete collection of oh, Showa films there, and I've got some of the modern so we can 90s watch, we ones. Can watch the Godzuki. One. Yeah, but no, um, she said that it was. Just Godzilla was terrifying. She didn't expect that. Mm. Expecting it to just be like a big monster, and didn't expect it to be to resonate. Because you could watch this, ignore ninety percent of the Godzilla shit, and just watch as a human drama, and it'd still work. Yeah, and that's incredible. The plane at the end, I didn't think that was real because it has propellers behind the behind, and it's a real plane. They only made two of them. Yeah, and it's incredible. Yeah, yeah. there's um, it's sort of the plane, you know, in. Uh, the Wind Rises, that the Miyazaki film. Yeah, yeah, you know, got the experimental plane in that. That was yeah. kind of loosely based on this one because ah. it was like meant to be the the mystic, mythical Japan. Japan had this amazing plane. Yeah, that they were going to bust out, and it never never happened. That um, Miyazaki's family was like the family who used to build those kamikaze bomber planes. Like when he was a little kid, he was only oh, right. he was just around World War Two. He was still. He was only a little kid at that time, but he, you know, has memories of them being built and stuff like that and all this. But no, um, yeah, I don't know. Godzilla, Godzilla minus one. It's done really well. Apparently they extended its release in America just because it was doing so well. Yeah, they extended it here yeah. as well. Yeah, and it was like freaking, it was like, it was in number one in the American box office, which is insane. Yeah, it um, deserves it. It's just so good. Yeah, but all the anime own the rights to it here. Um, so hopefully they get a release at some point soon. I don't have, I've only got their um, Cyber City Weedo 808 Blu-ray release they did. That was that was pretty good. I've been waiting for a Shin Godzilla 4K release, but you can only get a Blu-ray one. Not 4K over here yet. Oh, it comes in a black box, doesn't it? Which is yeah. really irritating. Makes you think it's a 4K. Yeah. 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 Um. Okay. Yeah. Um. I wasn't expecting Godzilla to be my film of the year. Killers of a Flower Moon was one that I sort of thought was going to overtake Godzilla. But as much as I like that film, there's just... There's a lot of frustration to how America handles its history mm. and the fact that we only hear about this stuff through media and we don't really... There's not... There should be more, like... should be more open discussions about America's horrible history and how they've been fucking horrible human beings for 400 years. Um, and the fact that, you know, we have to watch a movie to find that stuff out is just... It's, it's frustrating. That's something. Godzilla Minus One, they don't even mention... Nazis. The nukes being dropped on no. the hydrogen bombs. Don't talk about... They don't like, talk about it in the slightest. They just say... 
the war's coming to an end, mm. then it flashes forward like three months, the war's over. Yeah. Like, they don't talk about it. They just say, yeah, they've been fucking around in the ocean with nukes, mm. testing them. Well, you see, you see, what's it called? Um, Bikini Atoll? Mm. Is that the one you see? Yeah, yeah, it's got that bit where it cuts and you get the... Yeah. Um, you see the Godzilla... The American person they hired that happened to live in America and could say some lines for them in English. Yeah. The one bit was like, just bomb now. <laughs> Saying some lines in English for him. I got a little bit like, I think, I don't know if it's just because we've just gone through the pandemic, but I did get a little bit of like, when they're talking about the government failing and like supply mm. chains and things like that being fucked. I did get like a little bit like, is this people airing their frustrations about the pandemic as well? No, nah, it's no. Nah. I think there's like like supply chains like, were fucked back um, then, weren't they? The people the who a lot some of the people who were in charge during World War Two, their their grandkids and kids have still been in charge of Japanese government. Yeah, Shinzo Abe's dad was one of the freaking people involved in running the country during World War Two. Um, that's why you should watch Carmen Rider Black Sun hmm. because it's all about how shitty Shinzo Abe is. And he gets fucking murked in an alley at the end, and they left that in there a few weeks after he actually got killed for real. Like, they were angry at him. Good. Someone did a design the other day of a custom Transformer Megatron that turns into the gun that was used to kill Shinzo Abe. And I'm like, that would. Please, Hasbro. Sweet. But just Takara release that. Sweet as. Um, but yeah, just, just mind blowing. Absolutely mind blowing. Um,. I really, I could have watched it immediately after I'd seen it. I could have watched it again. Yeah, I kind of want to go see it again, but yeah. too busy Christmas and stuff. Yeah. Um. Okay. So briefly, go. I have been this year, first year. I've been going to see stage shows and musicals. Oh, you're talking about off. Oh, so I'm going to just quickly talk about my musical of the year. I was year. happy for an hour and a half long episode. <laughs> it's going to be quick. <clears throat> it's Little Shop of Horrors every year. No, this year I went to go see Les Miserables. Le, Les Miserables. Which led to one of my favourite jokes by yourself. Um, I said, I didn't realise Les Miserables was going to be so fucking miserable. And you went, it is called The Miserables. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's So I saw someone the other day. Was it someone posted a clip from Love Actually? Yeah. And someone said, What's this film about? And someone said, someone said There's a clue in the title. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I went to go see the stage show, this in the Sound Album Theatre, and it was just incredible. I previously had no interest in um, Les Miserables. I knew, obviously, um, no, not memories. What was it? I dreamed a dream. It's all that. But um, I'd never, never been tempted to go see it live. Went to go see it live, and it's just an incredible stage show. I mean, obviously, it's going to differ where you go, but the Soundhound Theatre, they've been running it for months and months and months, and it's just, it's like a fine, it's like a fine tuned machine, but it is just still this incredible experience to go see that live, and I really enjoyed it. Um, and that's, that's been my musical of the year. I also saw a Book of Mormon, that was pretty good. Did you see um, Spider-Man turn out of the dark? I really fucking love to see that. I saw I saw SpongeBob. Oh, yeah. Which is pretty good. Is that the one that has Ariana Grande's boyfriend in it? No, that's the US. Oh. That was the US stage show. Um, no, this one is based on that. And the songs are done by like famous rock and roll bands. Like some of them by Aerosmith. Some of them by like... Yeah. You know... Michael Romance or Taking Back Sunday or some of those fucking emo groups. Um, but yeah, like, um, it's been a weird, it's been a weird experience like going to see musicals and stuff like that because I think before I had a problem with like, 
I'd I'd sometimes get like secondhand embarrassment to people acting up on stage, but after you've seen like one or two, you sort of you move past that. There's less of that like weird. It's almost like an empathy reaction, you know. Have it's you like been almost, to any any stage shows in Woking yet? I used to go to the Pantos. Yeah, when I was a kid. Yeah, I never did, enjoyed it. But did um, I, I met Henry Winkler because he was in the Panto and yeah. Woking. Yeah, I've heard stuff about one of the Chuckle Brothers. Oh, really? Yeah, but nothing's ever come out about it. Oh, right. I met Gareth yeah. Gates when he was doing the panto. I saw Gok Wan. Did you? In Guildford? No, in town, in Woking. What, today? I was No, a while back. He was when when Because he was, was doing on. New Year's in Guildford yesterday. Yeah, he was last year, I think it was. He was All doing right. panto in Woking. And I was yeah. just like walking around and like standing around outside Peacock Centre and he was walking around next to me. Like, freaking... I was like, Scott Gwan! You made friend! Yeah, I just well, I saw him. Do you look at you and you go, I'm disappointed, Hand. Yeah. This isn't your colour. He said, that's not how you look good naked. <laughs> and then I went, oh, it's this dream again. <laughs> <laughs> when do you transform into, into fucking I corn I transformed into a corn cob and disappeared. <laughs> With the power of popping corn. Yeah. I'm back into it. Anyway, yeah. That's been the year of 2023. We're already in 2024. How are you finding it? It was on TV at Christmas. Well, I've met TV multiple times. What? Um, um, Friggin' Bonnie Langford. Who? She was in Doctor Who at Christmas. She okay. used to be one of the Doctor's assistants, the big ginger-haired one. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I've met her a bunch of times. Is she dead? No, she's What was the one that died? Was it, she was in class, you know, the weird CBBC. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. I was, I was the one person who watched that. <laughs> I didn't even know it existed. No. The guys so at work lent me the Blu-ray and I watched it and then I was done. She um, died, didn't she? Though? She wasn't her from class. It was Sarah Jane. <laughs> oh, right. Okay. Oh, Sarah, Sarah Jane, Jane Adventures. Yeah. That was the other spin-off. Class is one of the ones where it's like, hey, we're Doctor Who, but we're going to say swears now. And one of the characters is going to do a sex. <laughs> so it was Torchwood before Torchwood. No, it was after Torchwood. What? Torchwood had all the sex? Yeah. Torchwood everywhere. this was, was set fucking. in a school. Oh. So they were like sixth form students, so it's okay when you make it sexy 17-year-olds, I guess. <laughs> uh, it wasn't very good. No, it doesn't sound it. All right. So that's been 2023. Um, and mm. eventually the comet will go over. Hail Bop will go over. Mm. We'll drink our Kool-Aid and then we get to ride on the comet to the next world. Oh, sweet. I can't wait, mate. Hellbop. Hellbop. I don't want to call it Hellbop. That's what the Heaven's thing. Gate people believed. Is it Halley's Comet? No, it was Hell's Comet, but no, it was Haley's Comet, but they called it Hailbop. Yeah, I don't like that term. Hailbop. I've never liked Hailbop. It sounds you don't stupid. Like Hailbop. It sounds like a fucking genre of music made up by the American Midwest. My favourite TV show of the year was almost that cult documentary where the woman thought that Robin Williams was telling her to kill herself. That's something Robin Williams would do. <laughs> <laughs> He's very well known for... And also, I also, I wanted to, I was going to mention the Twin Flames documentaries, but like, Last of Us was just a lot more entertaining than those. Oh, was it? Oh, man. Yeah, Mother Mm. God, Love is One, The Cult. That was the one where she, she, (laughs) she was like, she's like, take me to a doctor. And they were like, we didn't take her to the doctor because she didn't believe in doctors. It was all a test. And then she was like, it gets to a point where the girls are like, we uh, we started seeing that the medication wasn't working, so we tried something different. And they're like, the, it's like one of the only times where the cameraman asks a question and he goes, what did you try that was different? And she went, we increased the dosages of the silver and alcohol. 
More of the medicine. More of the colloidal silver. And then they cut to a little thing where it's like, just remember, if you don't do it right, colloidal silver can turn you blue. But that's just that's just what people that don't use it properly have. That's what happens to the people that don't use it properly. And then, like, the next thing, the woman's going blue like a fucking smell. Like, I gave her more silver. Miss Gargamel when she needs him, man. Fucking... <laughs> oh, God. Gummy bears. Don't besmirch gummy bears. All right, anyway. That's uh, 2023. Um, as always, you can find Ant at, at Mellow Gaming on YouTube. You can find him at oh, Ant's Bot Collection. Oh, He's also Waddle's Hat. Hi there. Of Fred's and Blue Ski. Fred's. And X or Twitter. Fred's. Fred's is a freaking place full of psychopaths. You found him LV54 Space Monkey on Twitter. And you got anything in the pipeline? Anything you're looking forward to? Got something put in someone's pipeline in a minute. Fucking. Great. Great. That was close to something. Alright, and you can find me at Critapocalypse everywhere. Cool. That's it. That's the show. 2024 now. Yeah, it is. You excited to get the Tories out this year? I'm going to fucking burn the place Are you down. waiting for the inevitable Keir Starmer fucks it all up and we still get stuck with the Tories for even longer? Yeah, no, that's that's already happened, isn't it? Yeah. He's a fucking idiot. You're all idiots. How do you, how do you take, like, a lead and fuck it so horribly into the ground? Unless it's all a trick. Well, yes, it is not be a cunt. It's not hard, is it, to not be a cunt? Try to not be a Tory. Yeah. Anyway, say goodbye. Bye, everyone. Thanks for listening. As always, I miss you. Come back to me.